0: This is Scott Becker with a version of the Becker's Behavioral Health, Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by one of the preeminent leaders in behavioral health in the country, Stephen Earhart. Stephen's going to talk to us about what trends he's watching in behavioral health, where he's most focused today, and a lot more. Stephen, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your system and so forth?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me, Scott. It's It's a pleasure to speak with you today. Um, It's also, uh, you know, an interesting time in the world of behavioral health. My background consists of undergraduate degrees in psychology and criminology. I hold a license in the field of social work and also have an MBA with an international business concentration. I've always had um, a passion and driven by the need to help people. Earlier in my career, I worked primarily with children and adolescents. And for a significant period of time, I actually managed psychiatric emergency departments throughout multiple different states. I've been working in behavioral health arena for a wide variety of positions and various capacities for over 30 years. And for the last 18 years, Scott, I've served as a facility-based CEO with Universal Health Services, or UHS. I know you're familiar with them. UHS is uh, you know, one of the largest providers of hospital and healthcare services with over 400 hospitals and health systems throughout the United States, Puerto Rico, and even internationally. More specifically, I serve as the Group Chief Executive Officer at Hartgrove Behavioral Health System and Garfield Park Behavioral Hospital with approximately 250 acute psychiatric beds. Now, we serve children from three years old all the way up through the geriatric ages. We have extensive continuum of care, including partial hospital programs, intensive outpatient programs. We provide school-based services to well over 250 schools throughout Illinois as well as contracting with emergency departments, as well as um, local community mental health cleaners. Um, So our program serves all ages at all spectrums of their need. Garfield Park Behavioral Hospital is a specialty psychiatric hospital that serves only children and adolescents, those that are 3 to 17 years of age. Um, And we've got some very unique specialty services that we provide at Garfield Park, Scott, and that is Uh, Our Polaris program, which is our LGBTQ plus program, it's the only one of its kind in the country serving inpatient LGBTQ plus youth. And we also have a worthy program, which is for our sex-trafficked youth victims. That's a little about me and and my system.
0: Amazing. Let me ask you a question, is sort of the, the primary payers for it, does it end up being Medicaid, commercial, who pays for that? Such important services, such a dearth of payment for it. You're in relatively sort of, um, you know, I, I don't think relatively affluent communities, relatively, you know, a mix of communities. Sure. And, and and does it, does it, is state Medicaid budgets, is that who helps make sure that this works? Or where does the money come from to fund a lot of this?
1: Sure. It's really from a variety of sources. Uh, Medicare, Medicaid, commercial payers were contracted with all of the traditional managed Medicaid's, the traditional managed care programs, uh, and even self-pay. Some people will have the, the ability to self-pay for their care. So it's really from a wide variety of sources that, um, you know, that the funds come from.
0: Fantastic. And what are the issues you're most focused on today? I mean, this behavioral health for children, for adolescents, such a challenging area today. What are you most focused on? What are the trends you're watching the most closely?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think the trends that we're seeing today, Scott, are are very alarming. Uh, You know, we're experiencing a mental health crisis in our nation and, and one could argue actually in the world. There are signs that even prior to the pandemic that that we had an increase in the number of patients suffering from significant anxiety and depressive disorders. Uh, The stress from the pandemic has only exacerbated those issues and and they manifest themselves through various stress-related disorders. We're also seeing younger children with issues that were traditionally seen in the older adolescents. So, you know, there is an alarming trend. We're also seeing more psychosis and aggression that you would not traditionally see within the the settings that we serve. Uh, our patients often appear sicker and more desperate for resources. Our most challenging issues, I would say, are twofold, Scott. I think first is the fact that every leader continues to struggle with significant labor shortage of qualified, experienced candidates within the, the healthcare space. I think that, you know, they're they're despite that there's a plethora of need, there's not a plethora of candidates or or sources to be able to fill the jobs that we have regardless of the industry, be it healthcare or any other. It's taking substantially longer to fill those critical positions. Um, It's also creating a system where we see a number of hospitals closing around the country due to financial hardships and labor forces that that we're struggling to feel. I mean, just Monday in a Becker's article, uh, you know, it mentioned a, a medical hospital in Arizona that's closing because they couldn't staff the ED for the upcoming holiday. So it's tragic when we see these hospitals closing because we know communities are built around hospitals and schools. And unfortunately what happens is that now it leads patients and their families to have to drive much further to seek the care that they need. Secondly, I would say we're desperate for, you know, for more resources. There's simply not enough resources in many parts of the United States to properly address the need of, of the services. Uh, we desperately need more residential treatment centers, group homes, therapeutic foster homes. We need more substance abuse resources. We need more source, uh, resources offered through our community mental health clinics, and that's just to name a few. We can work, and, and we are part of the solution within our state, but there are many parts of the country, Scott, where there's simply psychiatric deserts. There's no psychiatrist, no psychologist, no social workers, therapists, et cetera, to meet the need of of the patients that, you know, that are, are in such need. We know that one in five Americans struggle with a mental health issue. And when you think about it, that's almost 50 million Americans, or 20% of our population, and what's most sad is that, unfortunately, the majority never even seek treatment, despite there being very proven, successful treatment, specifically for the most primary or most often occurring issues, such as anxiety and depressive disorders. Uh, so it's, it's a real tragedy, uh, and those would be the, the two challenges that I would say that we face uh, most currently or most pressing in today's time.
0: I mean, it's really fascinating, this great mix of horrendous staffing challenges with an explosion of challenges that people are having around behavioral health. I mean, it's really a, 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 a double challenge. Take a moment, Stephen, what are you most focused on today? Uh, and then I'll ask you the easy question of the day, which is, a, which is, un, which is I, I hate to even bring it in in such a tough conversation. But if you become more of a Sox or Cubs
1: fan, do you cheer for one or the other? <laughs> I I have to say I've got a soft spot for the Cubs only because I absolutely love Wrigley Field, and I I believe that there's such a nostalgia there, but I have to say I've got season tickets for both the Cubs and the Sox, so uh, I hope that answers your questions, Scott.
0: Uh, phenomenal, thank you. That's a fair, <laughs> fair answer. The, um, and and I hope the Cubs will get better. We're having a tough, tough year. At twenty, yes, we 25. are I looked it up today. It is not going well. The um, that is so a, true. a different question. You know, taking aside, I mean the White Sox are a little bit below five hundred. The Cubs are getting horribly uh, beat. Um, talk a little bit about and they're having their own staffing challenges and trying to find good players. Uh, and I hate to even joke about it, given the severe staffing shortages in healthcare. But, but talk about where are you most focused on today? What are you most focused on and excited about as we turn to the second part of, uh, of
1: the year? Sure. You know, I think what excites me the most is, is the amount of research that's currently underway for better treatment options, uh, more effective medications with fewer side effects, the development of more evidence-based treatment modalities. You know, we've come a very long way in, in the practice of psychiatry. And, and I think with movie stars and athletes who have come forward and shared their personal struggles and challenges with mental health issues, I think it has helped open the door and reduce some of that negative stigma that has for so long helped create a shadow on the industry that I feel like it's, it's becoming much more common and much less anxiety-provoking to seek help. So I'm really excited about what I hope to see in the future. When you think about you know, the, the field of behavioral medicine, Scott, though, it, it's, you know, it's a very complex and, and elusive process. And, and so let me break it down for the listeners in this way. As behavioral health scientists or behavioral health practitioners, our goal, our, our role is to treat the brain. Now the brain is the absolute most highly complex and elusive organ in the human body scientists know the least about the brain than any other organ in the human body because there is so much that is yet to be understood. And arguably, it's the most important organ in the human body. That is that it controls thought, mood, emotion, behavior. It controls your thinking, your feeling, your reasoning, and controls your speech or your motor activity. It defines our personality. So when you think about the brain and, and everything that it controls within the, the human, That's really where we're focused in the behavioral health field. If something's wrong with the brain, it's not like you're mending a broken bone and letting it heal. Each person's brain is unique as they are. And so we do see science making advancements and much more is needed. I'm encouraged that we will continue to see new treatments, more effective medications and more effective outcomes. We've come so far, but we still have you know, significant opportunities ahead of us that will yield even better clinical outcomes, Scott. And that's what excites me: is is what is the future of psychiatry hold, and how many better forms of treatment, better medications uh, are yet to be discovered?
0: Uh, 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 thank you very, very much. What a, what a uh, pleasure to hear your perspective, Stephen. Just a pleasure, and what a fascinating time in behavioral health. There's so many advances and and so much need and even though there's so many advances not necessarily uh, enough people to help fill that need so what a what a fasting multidimensional challenge thank you so much for joining us today what what a pleasure
1: Stephen. No, thank you very absolutely much absolutely my pleasure thank you so much for having me scott